When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boost every single day. Rudo, Megan, AJ, Jesse coming at you live today. We're going to get into some of the Avs players at each of their positions. Should be an interesting one, especially a couple of them. I'm curious to see exactly where uh, where things shake out. But before we get into that, we're starting to get a little bit deeper into a day with the cups for the Avs. We've seen it go to, to the Czechia. We've seen it go to Sweden. We saw Jack Johnson baptize his children in the thing. Uh, there's been some some pretty interesting stuff there. And Jesse, I know... Uh, I know you had some ideas about what you would do if you had a day with the cup. What's actually disappointing is I was hoping you guys would have some good ideas because I don't know. I was asked this question and I was like, damn, I don't know. That's a great question. What what would you do with the cup for a day? Uh, would you, I, I would eat some pasta out of it. I'd make some pasta at home or have someone make it for me if I'm eating the cup, eating out of the cup. But I don't know what I'd do. Yeah. Sorry, all the alleged nasty things that people have done inside that bowl, I'm not doing it. I know it's been cleaned. I understand. I'm not doing it. I'm just not. It's clean, it's, though. <laughs> in the hypothetical, am I a Stanley Cup winning hockey player? or am I? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, you Is won it. I, it's yours, yeah. Okay, okay. I could probably make some allowances then, drinking out of it, if I actually yeah. <laughs> I bring it to Puerto Rico and I drink pina coladas out of it with my grandma. Great answer. I, if I were to guess, I would say it's probably never been to Puerto Rico. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I think it needs to see the island. There you there go. You go go somewhere it's to... never been taken before. That's now officially my oh, answer. See, look, I knew it. I knew I would get something good. That's my answer. I'd take it somewhere it's never been before. That's cool. a good so idea. I'm taking it to the DNVR bar then. <laughs> oh. I thought you were saying I thought you were saying I'm taking it to the DMV. I was like <laughs> I mean yeah, it's probably wait in line there, but... the Stanley Cup. Yeah, go live in Bloomfield. The, the DMV doesn't have lines. We learned that yesterday. Actually ours has been really good too lately with all the now you have to sign up for an appointment and all that. Yeah. Um still nice. I'm taking the cup there. Uh, uh, I mean it'd be pretty funny, normal. man. Like start the day like nine a.m. You just like will roll on in like okay like waiting to get my name changed or whatever you're there for and you're just like oh well got the Stanley Cup with me just out um, running casual errands yeah that might be my answer like I might like go get my oil changed and like 
just go just like, yeah, take just, it to Walmart. <laughs> physical, yeah, just like the most intentionally mundane. Exactly. Set up a day full of the absolute most mundane things imaginable. <laughs> Eric like, Johnson's yeah, gonna, EJ's gonna take his take his to the to the DMV and get his name changed to Eric Stanley Cup Champion Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, She's like, yeah, this is my this is my errand day, so I thought I'd spice it up a little bit by taking the cup with me. You know, would you drink out of it? Am I the weirdo here? For oh like, no, yeah. I would absolutely drink out of it. Oh, I would drink out of it too. I'm not eating food out of it though. What? What's the difference? No. I, I'm drawing a line. That's the difference. What? Whose kid like shit in it? I think there's I think, uh, kids that have pooped in it. I think there's Chris Drapers. In it. Yeah, it was Drapers. Yeah. So, I uh, but look, they have like a professional team of people that take care of it. So I assume it's spotless for everybody. Like, and isn't isn't like what it's made out of isn't antibacterial? It's silver, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure silver is like antibacterial. Silver, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, side note on Chris Draper, did you guys all watch Unrivaled? No, I've avoided it. What? Why? Why? I'm waiting until I need my hockey fix over the summer, and that'll be the perfect response. All right. Well, once you guys have watched it, let's circle back to Chris Draper. <laughs> great. Be a great pod. It'll be a great pod this offseason. Uh, <laughs> You're like August 28th pod. Yeah. I mean, that is a Monday. I don't actually know. If you're right about it. You really do. Yeah, I was gonna say that's two days in a row where you just made, nailed the day of the week on a random date. Yeah, I have no idea what day of the week that is. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, no, that, that will that'll be a great one. That'll be a great one. Yeah. I do wonder, like, could you take it to like the bottom of the Marianas Trench or something? Oh, I like this. Maybe send it to space. That'd be cool. How, like, how coordinated do you have to get? Right. It, how, <laughs> how far ahead do I need to plan this? Yeah. Like, or, can you can you put it on Jeff Bezos's penis rocket and send right, it to space? Right. Just for like a quick little trip. Yeah. 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 Like, Why not? Stanley Cup, like just the tip space. Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> just break the atmosphere. Yep. Just technically. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was a uh, because it is, it is interesting because like I feel like there's pressure to do something cool with it. Yeah, and yeah. That might be that might be my biggest catalyst to uh, not wanting to do anything cool with it and do like the most boring <laughs> day in the world because that could be that could be the most memorable. Like that could be the thing where they're like, okay, well, AJ woke up today and went to the damn fair. Then he yeah. went shopping you think for that's crazy. Yeah. AJ they took it to the DMV. Yeah. And then he went, went shopping for swim trunks. And then, you know, like, Just whatever. Like, he's like, what a... <laughs> on the side of I-70, pretend to change a tire for like three hours. <laughs> hanging out on the side of I-70. Yeah. Like, whatever. You know? Oh, yeah. Okay. Somewhere it's never been or just something completely routine. Yeah. Hilarious. These are all good answers. I like I like our collective approach here. Yeah. If, none of if, us are none of us are like, let's just take it back home. I guess Megan wants to go to Puerto Rico with it, so Yeah. I'm not taking it to Texas. Sorry. 
I also said that like I'd maybe go do like a like a drop in at like the rink that I like, grew up playing in. I'd love that. You know, br- bring it out to like the score scorekeeper's box or something like that. You know, it would be cool. Yeah, climbing one of the fourteeners and then taking a picture with it at the top would be kind of neat. Yeah, but Philip I'm not Richard has to carry it all the way up. That's right, he does. If he does, if they have to do it, I'm fine. But I'm not carrying it up there. Oh yeah, no, no, I'm doing the hike and they're doing the lifting, and then at the top, I'm taking the picture. I'm meeting you up there with it. That is where my day with the cup starts. <laughs> That's right. He's like, okay, we're only doing Pikes Peak so I can drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, um, yeah, that was okay. Tiniest, tiniest bit of Avs news today. Their goaltender prospect, even Ivan Zigalov, is going to go play in the OHL this yep. coming season. He signed with Kingston after playing last year in the queue. So, which is a team that won't be as good as they were last season, assuming you know, neat right plays in the NHL, which he will. So, you think so? I think so. Nick is a lock. I could see, I could see Seattle being like, let's take one more crack at being bad. And yeah, I think they can do that ALC. with him on the on the team. Yeah, signing an ELC doesn't mean anything. Guys sign ELCs all the time. That only matters for NCAA. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you. I was like, Philadelphia. Philadelphia had that kid that they signed like the day after the draft a couple of years ago. They signed their fourth round pick to an ELC. Literally, like a day after the draft, and it was like, "What? What was? The, like, what? Why was the hurry here?" Had to have him. Got yeah, so lined. It was so. It was just an odd. Yeah, Zade Wisdom, great name. Another front. Yeah, oddly enough, <laughs> that's how it works sometimes. Uh, so that's your your Avs news of the day. Is a prospect did a little bit of something. Um. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if there's any hockey on the front on in the future. You know, the World Juniors is probably still happening. Uh, it's gonna happen, man. Yeah, I I don't know how they would they would cancel it, but obviously there's a lot of uh, not great things surrounding that at the moment. Yeah. So that's not great. But I was gonna say, what happens if you end up with a WJCs, no Canada, no Russia? Well, there are consequences to action, so. I'm just saying it'd be be crazy. I mean, Finland wins every year at the WJCs now anyways, so it doesn't matter, but. Isn't it like every other year? They have like a, like they go, they go, they go first place and then the next year they're in like sixth or something. No medal. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, see, but I think they get, I think they get the technicality because technically this is the second world juniors since they last won. So, count it. <laughs> this is the second time the tournament has started. They did play at least like a quarter of that other world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did they even play that much? It was like they got like a game or two into it, and they were like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" whoa. I, I know, I know. Teams like there were some teams that played like three games. There were some teams that had only played like a game. Yeah, it was a little all over the place. But also, you only play like eight games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Total, yeah. So, I don't know. Does it count? Does it not? Chat will know. Uh, well, chat will certainly make up its mind. Anyway, um, 
<clears throat> our main topic of the day is going to be ranking the Avs' best players at each position loosely. We'll, we'll see what we do exactly with the wings and such. But um, <clears throat> some conversation around this has been out there a little bit. People were comparing McKinnon and Crosby. Puck Empire released their uh, top 100 current skaters in the league, which you can see right here. Um, some interesting takes on that list, for sure. Uh, I know uh, we'll we'll be diving into it quite a bit. So if you haven't seen it, you can go look up Puck Empire's top 100 skaters. <laughs> was there was there anything about that list that immediately, like immediately grabbed you, where you were like, oh, the the very first thing I noticed about it was Roman Yossi's outside the top 20. Okay. Which I just don't know how you justify. Mine was. Rupe hints being one spot behind Joe Pavelski. I was like, <laughs> somebody went all in on Rupe hints. Can we pause for Ro- on Roman Yossi for a second? Yep. So I was sure. talking about him the other day. So, where are you guys on him? You think that twenty in the league is too low? Yeah, I, I would put him, and I know some people will disagree with this, but I would put him ahead of Hedman. Right now, today, ahead of Hedman. The course of their careers, Hedman's better. Today, I'm putting him ahead of Hedman. So if, if you had to pick one of them for your team, you'd take Yossi over Victor Hedman? If I'm taking the player they are today, yes. If I'm taking their whole careers, no. I'm taking Hedman. Uh, the most I Yeah. So, because uh, I was actually going to say, uh, for me, Yossi at 20 is maybe like a little high, but like I don't think that's that far off for who I think yeah, he is. Can you pull that list back up? Yep. We're going to want to look at this a few times, I think, since we're going to use it as a jumping off Just leave it up for the rest of the show. We'll stay in the let side me, panel. Let me make it bigger. Oh, that's too big. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Look at that. Rupe hits at 42. My goodness. All right, I guess um, this is what you get. While Rudo's trying to resize this, that sound AJ made, I, uh, I'm i pulling a bunch of my bloopers and outtakes from morning skate updates this year. Uh, so I'm going to be uh, pushing that out here in a couple of days. There's some <laughs> funny ones in there. Yeah, I think uh, Roman Yossi at 21 there feels pretty good. So that's where I'm at, like 17 <laughs> to 20. Uh, I'd, I'd be fine at like 17, yeah, but I think well, he deserves to be in the top 20. The thing is, there are only three defensemen in front of him. Right. Yeah, and he finished second in the Norris. Yeah, this so I don't think we're too far off here. Yeah, sure. It. Yeah, right. It's not like, it's not some absurdity, but that was just the first thing that jumped out to me. Um, Jabrinkat at 27 is way too fucking high. Yeah, I agree with that. That is way... Jake Gensel at 29 is way too high. You're going to take those guys over Aaron Ekblad? Are you for real right now? Nope. Yeah, big struggle there. Mark Stone at 36, I think, is probably too high. Alex Ovechkin at 34 is just a little... It's weird to see him there. Yeah. Because even at his age, I mean, he's still a top three, just pure goal scorer in the league. It's uh, generated by recency, 
more than it is totality. For sure. I mean, Brian Rust is on the list. Yeah. Um, I will say Erickson Eck being on the list, but Val Nachushkin not. Yeah. Was the thing. Because when I saw Erickson Eck, I was like, oh, I wonder where Nuke is. Oh, well, he's not then, on there. And then what's funny is to the point of, you know, this is based on, in you know, obviously recent Seth Jones, even being on this list, Eric Carlson, even being on this list. Now um, we're just. That's a tougher stop than me. Right. And I, I'm not going to complain too much about the, the depth of it. Cause you get to like the 90th best player in the league. And you're like, <laughs> this could be anybody. He's like, no, Rudo. All of these need to be taken seriously. We're going one by one here. Start the show. <laughs> I, I, I will say it, and I saw Chad said this earlier. I think Cider ahead of Taves is insane. Uh, yeah, it's too soon for that. Not like, that Cider isn't really good, but Taves right. was finished eleventh in Norris voting this year. Yeah, like, well, and like Devon Taves was a top pairing defenseman on a dominant Stanley Cup team. Yeah, Mo Cider was a top pairing defenseman on a who again. Like, they're just not comparable. Their impacts are not comparable. Cider is Cider had a great year, but give me a break with that shit. And having him one spot behind Jacob Slavin, give me a break. Yeah. Like, like Cider, Cider is, this is, this is going all in on, I like the young guy, the potential there. Yep. Uh, and, and projecting him to be better than he is. Okay, yeah. we are brought to you by the Sexy Pizza. That one. You can go to sexy.pizza to get your pizza today. There's five different locations here in the Denver metro area. If you haven't checked these guys out, you got to get in on it. Caught my sneeze. We're good to go. Good. Uh, <laughs> go to Sexy Pizza. Get whatever you want. Honestly, their pepperoni pizzas are absolutely delicious. If you're a simpleton like me all about it but you can also get some more fancy stuff they're philanthropies which have all sorts of crazy flavors like they have a uh, they have a white pizza with pesto they have cream cheese and jalapeno they have i'm sure for you you wild people out there they have hawaiian which not about it but if you're you're about it go for it um you can get all that and the philanthropies a portion of every pie purchased goes to plans and and things that are helping improving communities here in Colorado. So be sure to go out Sexy Pizza today and uh, yeah, get yourself some straight-up delicious pizza. Also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. You can use code DNVR when you sign up with them to get amazing odds boosts every single day, including $1,000 of matched money when you first sign up. You do have to use that DNVR code to get that, but be sure to jump on it and have that opportunity in your back pocket. Uh, it's great fun to go bet on literally whatever you want at DraftKings, ranging from, you know, sports that you know to sports that you've never even remotely heard of. So take all of it, get the opportunity, have some fun with it. Uh, <clears throat> of course, age restrictions apply. See other conditions and check out all of the details here on your screen to make sure, you know, you're doing everything legally. Of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. 
Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. So I said we were going to do this by position, and we will for the most part, because I think that's the fairest way to do it for everyone but Kale McCarr. (laughs) Because Kale McCarr is the best defenseman in the world, and you can't convince me otherwise. Is Kale McCarr... Or is there at least an argument for Kale McCarr being the best player full stop in the world? I think so. Well, we have one maybe. AJ's thinking real hard I was about just this. I can't say if that's thinking or if you're trying to figure <laughs> out if the dog's going to go nuts or not. Jesus, Jesus, like. Because he's comfortable with the answer being yes. I don't. I don't think he's there yet, but um, I'm. It's it's about as it's. It, it, I think it's probably about as close as it's ever going to get. And I, you could, if you qualified it with arguably, I'd be good with it. Yeah, yeah. He said. He said. Is there an argument yeah. to be made? Yeah, like I think. I think you could, depending on how you value things, depending on whatever. Like I, I think you could walk away feeling comfortable with that take. Okay. So, so two soft maybes, Megan. Yeah, especially because you did frame it. Is there an argument to be made? Definitely there's an argument to be made. It's a <clears> thing <throat> to predict the future, but that's more okay. or less what we're being asked to do. There's an argument. At least one of you is confident. I just I, – I, 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 think there's, I think there's absolutely an argument to be made because, I mean, my thing coming out of the playoffs, and we got to see these two guys go head-to-head, right? I, I don't – I just don't think there's anybody – even Connor McDavid, who impacts the game on both ends of the ice the way that Kale McCarr was in this postseason. Um, you know, he's what, 22, 23? There's still so much for him to there, – there's so much room for him to grow. There, he's still probably not done physically maturing. Uh, and just the way that he – again, it wasn't just the points. It wasn't just the defensive – he controlled the ice – he controlled the game every time he was on the ice. Defensive zone, offensive zone, neutral zone. Didn't matter. Kale McCarr was in control. And I just, I don't know if there's any other player doing it to that level right now. I think in comparison to McDavid, uh, the defensive impacts of McCarr are better. You would hope that they are. He's a defenseman. Um, well, but I just don't think that – I don't think the offensive impact is even – I don't even know that it's particularly close to what McDavid is capable of right now because, I mean, we saw we saw McDavid, like, went nuclear at times during the postseason. Like, the guy finished with, what, like 34 points in, like, 16 games or something? Like, it was – like, holy shit, dude. Like, he – he stepped it up at the end of that Kings series, and then they dusted Calgary. I don't know what Markstrom's deal was, but uh, then, then I mean, he has a really, really good series against the Abs too. He has a like. It's not his fault that Mike Smith sucks, man. Like, because he's he he puts up, you know, he scores the first goal in that game like thirty seconds in. That's all they end up getting, right? Like, that's it. But he's the he's the guy that showed up the most out of, out of, on the Oilers. Like, for sure, 
you can – I just think he, he, we talk about McCarr like he was transcendent in this postseason because he was. Yep. He was special. But McDavid was also really special in this postseason. And sure. I think at their highest gears, McCarr is just a – the, the impact offensively, defensively, it's higher. But I think that the offensive impact is higher for McDavid. And at their absolute best, I still think McDavid is better. But, I mean, the fact that Kale McCarr is even in this conversation is a testament to how special of a player he already is. Because we're talking about Connor McDavid here, a guy who is going to retire a top three player all time. Like, a guy a guy who is, I, boy, might, might be better than Sidney Crosby was during his prime. Like, he is, I mean, Crosby is, Crosby's obviously unbelievably special and has been a, a genuine treat to watch in his career. And all the people who wasted all the energy hating on him for years and years and years, that sucks because he's such a special talent. McDavid is the exact same class of player. You talk about a generational talent and it's like, I don't even know if you call this guy generation. It's like once every like 25 years, this kind of guy shows up. And so I, I just, I, 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 well, I mean, now, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe yeah. not. It's like, it's like Gretzky retires in like '99 and Crosby shows up in like 2005, 2015. Maybe not, but 2015, David shows up, so it's like less often just, than that. But like, I'm just trying really hard not to undersell these guys because, like, you're so right. Like, dude, I, I stop all the time and think about Crosby, Ovechkin, McDavid, you know, now McCarr, and, and even to a lesser extent, guys like McKinnon, Drysidel. You know, even Amico ranted and like, whoa, how fun is it that we get these? This is our generation of players yeah. that like superstars. Cause obviously we've all seen, a t- you know, Gretzky highlights, Messier highlights, Yager, Lemieux. Like we've all watched that stuff, Bobby Orr, but that we have to watch the highlights of it and be like, wow, yeah, that was really special. Yeah. Wow, that was really cool. It's different to guys night in and night out. And it's yeah. so awesome. And like you said, it, it sucks. For the people that hate Alex Ovechkin and and hate Sidney Crosby, oh so it's gosh. like these are just all world once in a once in a lifetime guys. For direct comparison, Crosby's highest point season was 120 points in his second year. McDavid put up 123 this year as his career high so far. And with Crosby, with Crosby, you obviously have the concussion issues so early in his career that robbed him of some of his prime with McDavid. You also have the pandemic that robs him of his prime a couple of seasons in his prime. And he's still, am I, am I, do you have his numbers in front of him? The only year that he has not scored a hundred points in his career was his rookie year when he had the hip injury and only played 40 some odd games. He had 97 in the COVID shortened year. The COVID shortened year. Okay. My kind of my point here, like the, He's he's been a hundred point player his whole career except for the pandemic in his rookie year when he got hurt. It's pretty crazy. Like he's, I think I think we've almost become desensitized to his greatness because he also has Leon Drysaddle putting up crazy numbers right next to him. And as a team, they're not very good. They're they're the victim of management that you know. I saw there's a comment in chat saying no, he hasn't won anything. All right, well, he hasn't had a chance to win anything international. 
because that's been taken from him. He hasn't had a chance to really do anything in the NHL yet because he plays for an organization that is wildly incompetent. That was true for McKinnon so, for the long time. Yeah, also fair. Until, hey, one month exactly. <laughs> one month ago, as of yeah. today. But, you know, so a couple things, and they may sound a little contradictory. Because I, I do, I hate that argument that he hasn't won anything, especially for a guy, because what, what's McDavid, 24, 23? He's I mean, 25. Well, he's 25. And yeah. He's 25. He hasn't won anything. He's won multiple MVPs. Like. Yeah, and, and it's like <laughs> winning a Stanley Cup is so hard, especially when you come in as a number one overall draft pick. Like, again, use Nathan McKinnon as the example. He was drafted in 2012. 13. 13. Son of a bitch. I'm off by one year on everything right now. He was I got drafted you, in 20, 2013, and it took him nine years to get the team to a point where they could win it all. It's not just them. It's not just how are they you know, developing as individuals. It's a process. When you're picking one overall, it's because you suck. And you have a long way to go. That's why you're picking one overall. So that I don't, I don't buy in on McDavid. Here's the one thing I'm going to say: a little bit of devil's advocate. E. So we're talking about him in comparison to a guy like McCarr, Crosby. Are, are we sure that this isn't just kind of like a different version of Ovechkin, where it's he's just so offensively gifted, and he's just he has such a big impact on the offensive side and the goal scoring, but maybe isn't as well-rounded a player as say a Sidney Crosby was. Cause that to me kind of like McCarr was always my thing with Crosby. And even to this day, you just watch Crosby and you just. I, control. I hear what you're saying. And, and I agree with it. If you're asking who the most well-rounded player in the NHL is, it's not McDavid, but his yeah. offense is to such a level that it doesn't matter. Right. It makes, it makes, it makes up so much. Yep. For anything where he and it's not even that he's bad, but he's just he's just not Crosby is arguably yeah. elite defensively now in the later stages of his career. Right. Uh just for just for reference, McDavid had better defensive impacts this year than Crosby did. This year? Yeah, this year. Um if you go if you go into his earlier years. If you go into individual seasons, there's a lot of variance for both players, but Crosby has had elite defensive seasons. And this was the best season of McDavid's career defensively. Now he is McDavid is on the upswing. He's had he's trended in the right direction several years in a row. Twenty five, we get better. So he's he's moving in the right direction in that area, um, and his offense is obviously. I mean, well, and this is where this conversation becomes impossible, right? Because you're looking at aging curves and where people are currently in their career and what's left in it, and it's just so hard to judge. That's right. I think that's um, why the, it's important to differentiate by position to some extent. Because I think that's why someone like uh, Eric Carlson is on this list. Because growing up, he really was the it girl. And he's not really the it girl anymore. Eric Carlson was Kale McCarr before Kale McCarr was. And then his ankle exploded. And that was kind of that. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you just have to hope that the same thing doesn't happen to a McCarr. Yep. And, you know, at age 27, 28, because, I mean, as we we got robbed of a second half of Carlson's career 
that would have had him as one of the best ever. One of the best ever. And instead, we're looking at his career in a little more of a Terrell Davis like light where insanely high peak, but yep, ended the, ended quickly. Yep. The peak was transcendent, but the injuries took away the the second act. Yep. Um I so that's that really sucks, man. One last comment on Crosby here. To Megan's point, like, isn't that what part of what makes him so unbelievable is that even with all the aging curves in the later half of his 30s, obviously he's not anywhere close to McDavid, you know, offensively and stuff anymore. But the fact that he's like even still in that conversation at 30, whatever, where it's like, well, maybe he's still like the most dominant player in, you know, whatever, whatever. It's 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 unbelievable how good that guy is. He turns 35 in two weeks, and we're still we're still talking about this guy. He just had 84 points in 69 games. Yep. Like, <laughs> tell him, Kirby. One well, in like OV season too. I know, you know, I know not a lot of people are not super high on Ovechkin in the last couple of months with all the stuff that's happened outside of hockey, but like watching that guy on the ice is it's unbelievable the, the way he's still scoring goals. Has scored goals. Like he's one of the few guys that his backhand's yeah. still the best in the world. Like, but, well, well I'm, I'm, oh Crosby, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but I'm more. I'm talking about Ovechkin. Just the oh, way oh, he shoots bad. the puck. It, his one timer is still the best in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the, he's one of the only players where you know it's coming. You know it's coming. You game plan for it. You scheme. Your goalie coaches show you film. And they say, it's coming. Here's when you need to start moving. Here's when you need to get ready. And you still can't stop it. That's how good he is. That's what an elite shooter he is. You know where it's coming from. You know when it's coming. Doesn't matter. Yep. It's, it, that's, it's stuff like that that truly proves how special some of these guys are. Um, very, very quickly, two more things I want to cover here. One, and I think this will be a pretty quick answer. Is there anyone that can compete with Car- McCarr for the number two spot for best player in the world? Or is that pretty secured by Kale at this point? Uh, I would I would say that the guy that I think you could talk yourself into competing for it would be a Matthews. Um, but I'm, I've also been a much bigger Matthews fan than a lot of people for a long time. I mean, so that it's hard to deny me. him when he drops 60. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, he's also, uh, he doesn't get as well known for it, but his defensive game is actually pretty good. Um, and I'm I'm not going to say that like he's going to win a Selkie or anything, but I think it's pretty good. Uh, and I, I do think that as he, can, he, as he continues to, as he continues to, to get a little bit better, I'm really, I mean, I think, those are the three guys that I think have totally separated themselves. The other guys, um, you know, McKinnon doesn't have, I don't think, the offensive peak as some of these other guys, um, which is a really weird thing to say. Dreisaitl's defensive game is way too bad for me to put him in here. Um, Kucherov is the one guy that I'm kind of, I just don't know what to do with him. Because at at his absolute best, Kucherov is... Holy shit, right? Like, oh, my God. And then there are nights, like, we watched him in the final. Like, way, way, that guy was really, really quiet in the Stanley Cup final for way too much of it. Uh, and that's, 
you know, it's tough to tough for the Lightning to win when he's that guy. What's so terrifying about Kucherov is he's like his skill is so off the charts that like you you're scared every time he touches the puck when you're playing against him because you just totally. don't know what he's capable of. And like in one of those games where he's like, wow, Kucherov looks like shit, hasn't done anything. And then he grabs a puck and walks three guys and makes a no look behind the back pass to a wide open per, uh, player back door. It's like, not bad. Look at the play that he uh, makes in, in game one of the cup final. There, there's nothing going on. There's no flow in the game. He gets out into open ice one time, dances Devon Taves, and makes a perfect backhanded pass on the back door to Andre Pilat. Yeah. Where you're just like, <laughs> where the fuck did that come from? It wasn't like the guy had been pushing. It wasn't like the guy had been building towards it. He just dropped out of the sky like that. And that's where Kudrov to me is just like, I'm just. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what to do with the man. I, I could put him, I could put him in the top four, top five. But then there are days, there are weeks where I'm just like, meh. Well, it just goes to show how talented the top 10 of the NHL are. Oh, dude. That dude's peak is as high as anyone's, but if you can't do it consistently. It's just that his his lows. Like, the one thing I'll say about McKinnon is that even when he's not scoring, very rarely do you ever feel like that guy's not having an impact on a game. Like, very, very rarely do you not look up and see, oh, that guy's got five shots on goal. You know, and and – He's he's controlling. He's doing things. He's pushing play. Kudrov was that. Kudrov is not that guy though. He's he's a little different in that. I think he goes long stretches where he does kind of drift uh, through games, and then he's a lightning bolt. And ugh. well, and, and well, he's always been a lightning bolt technically. M- McKinnon, I'll murder you. <laughs> McKinnon, I, I think you're a hundred percent spot on, AJ. Because like, there were people that looked at McKinnon for chunks of this postseason, like, what's wrong with him? And this was maybe his best playoffs ever, uh, just from a, a, a you know a, a total impact perspective. <clears throat> and what I think is so interesting, because the Kucherov thing is so funny, because I've thought a lot about that. Uh, you know what type of player he is, especially in the last couple months, right? And uh, like it's funny when when all of these guys are at like let's say you get their best game all of them, I, I do think Kucherov is a top four, maybe even a top three guy at one hundred and ten percent. But McKinnon, he's such an interesting player because I don't, I can't think of any other player that can play with the speed and finesse, but also the power that win going at, like I said, 100, 110%. I said now for years, I think when McKinnon's at his best, he is the perfect hybrid of Ovechkin and Crosby when he's at his absolute, absolute best. Where it's just, he's got that heavy element. He can shoot, he can wire pucks, but he's got the playmaking and, and, you know, some of that heads up that Crosby has. We're getting into McKinnon in just a second. Oh, sorry. Uh, very, very quickly. And this can just be a yes or no answer if you don't have anything else to say about it. Is Devontae a top 10 defenseman in the league? Yes. 
Yes, obviously. Like, yes, come yes, on. Yes. Okay. I would say he's closer to the to the top five than he is to, to the five spot than he is to the ten spot. Fair. Uh, we are, of course, brought to you by uh, FOCO. You can go to FOCO.com, F-O-C-O.com, to get all of your Colorado sports team merch. And if you're a collector, they got bobbleheads. They got all sorts of, of limited-time merchandise. So be sure to go check out that stuff. Obviously, they have championship stuff. is probably the best gear you can get there. But you can get Broncos. You can get Nuggets. You can get Rockies. You can get CU even. All, all sorts of Colorado gear out there. Um they have a bunch of cool like pins and Crocs and, and all sorts of unusual things that you don't normally see available. And of course, all of their uh, clothing is officially <clears throat> merchandised. So be sure to check out FOCO today. Go on over there, get yourself some dope gear. And Breckenridge Brewery is our official beer here at DNVR. You can find it at your local liquor store using the Breck Beer Locator online. Go to breckbrew.com where you can also pick up a dope merch like Breck Brew hats and otherwise. If you've never been down to the farmhouse, they have not only an awesome venue to just go get a beer or see a show or things like that. Their uh, their merch store at the farmhouse is impressive. It's they expensive. have quite a lot of stuff. So that place is just so dope. Yeah, it's super duper cool. Highly recommend you go check it out if you haven't yet. All right, third period, DNVR Avalanche podcast. We're getting into McKinnon, Megan. It looks like it looked like you were ready to to go off about McKinnon down there. So it wasn't absolutely crazy, but we were talking about different ways to evaluate players, and one was by well-rounded. And I think that defensively, he improved so much this season. And seeing him do blue-collar things in the playoffs seemed to be Nathan McKinnon playing at his best you know seeing him unafraid to go to the corners and block shots this helped the team defensively especially when they needed it must most most. um and so from a well-rounded perspective he might not have an offensive lethal quality the way that Connor mcdavid does um but i do think the well-rounded thing gives mckinnon a little bit of an edge in this conversation so if we're putting an actual number on it I would certainly think McKinnon's a top five center in the league. It sounds like prob certainly McDavid and probably Matthews ahead of him. I still, yeah, because Matthews also kind of well-rounded too. So, and what the impact Matthews has had for Toronto, still important. For me, I mean, McKinnon's probably my number three center. Probably. Um, obviously, again, you start factoring in guys like Crosby and how do you actually feel in this moment and all that stuff? But I just, I just have such a hard time putting McKinnon too far down that list because he's got the power element. He's got the speed. He's got the shot. Like pick, pick a tool. McKinnon has it. And so again, this just really underscores how elite this list is. Cause the fact that someone with all of those tools isn't number one is crazy. It, it's correct, but you know what? Like again, my point is, that's how good these guys are. All right, so maybe not not a whole whole lot of debate on McKinnon, third best center. Just settling on it. Can I throw a if... total loop into this? Sure. Um, I never just because I never got to hear your guys' opinions. Now that the season's over. And both teams won a cup. This team or 2001? 
Oh, I did a whole lot on this. No, I know, I know. I I missed it. (laughs) This team is better. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought AJ really wasn't going to answer. I was like, are you seriously going to make me go listen to this whole pod to get your answer? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm still pretty torn on it if they played head-to-head. Um, I don't know. I think it would be tough because of the Walk Kemper thing. Yeah. That's that's really what – this defense, I think, is a lot better. Uh, yep. No offense, Martin Skula, but I think Bowen Byron's going to be better. Um, I just – I think the forward core is way deeper too. It's and and the question is is are you counting the two thousand one forward core with or without Forsberg? Right, right. Sure, that does make a significant difference. Because if it's with Forsberg, man, I think it's real close. If it's without Forsberg, uh, I'm taking twenty two out. I I think it's real close at the top. Even with Forsberg, I think you get into the depth and the abs depth. Yeah, and, but you also can. That this is also where eras it's are really era, important. For sure. Because fourth lines in that era were treated so differently than fourth lines are today. Um, fourth lines, you know, Jeff Hodgers was on that fourth. That, that, and that guy scored a huge goal in that series. So, you know, like, um, I, I'm just, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I would take, I would take 22 with no Forsberg. With Forsberg, I probably lean 01. Because I think Wa could make the difference there. See, I'm with, I'm with you, Rudo. I think even with Forsberg, the depth of this this year's team was just – I mean, that was what won it for him was the depth and the defensive depth. Everyone remembers the high, high end of that 0-1 team because holy shit. Uh, you know, just Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer. But after that, like they were good, obviously – yeah, the the walk yes, let's like, overlook five whole Hall of Famers on in one line. I, right, right, right. I mean, this lineup, could, this lineup could have right. a handful That's too. What, like, it, I it would could, say, yeah. there's pretty likely this lineup has at least three. Uh, I've got four. So. I, I think four is reasonable, but I would say three are looking pretty darn good. Yeah, I've got four because I'm calling my shot with Byron. Yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, I just it, it's just so funny because. I really do think that the only area where you're like clear advantage to the O one team is in net. That's the only thing that I felt was like very, very clearly with yeah. Forsberg. The one thing that I'm like, and it's not to say that Darcy Kemper is bad. Of course. It's just no Patrick. Never- Wall, homie. <laughs> right. Maybe in my opinion, the best that ever played um, is for me. I- Right, and, and and even if it's not like if he's not in that conversation, you just don't like Patrick Waugh. Like if he's not in your top two, two. or three, you just I would don't say like- I would say three because there are going to be people that want to bring up goaltenders that we never watched and we're like, yeah, okay. I I'll give you three, but if he's not in your top three, you're just wrong. Right. Yeah. Right. right. And if you have Brodeur ahead of him, you're just wrong. Mm-hmm. I refuse. Brodeur had a chance. He had that chance. AJ knows how I feel about Dominic Hasek. We don't need to relitigate this. <laughs> All right. Very quickly, because Megan tried to hide it in chat. I saw it. Couldn't sneak it by us. Is liking black rick- licorice a bad food take? Yes. Megan. 
Megan, don't tell me you like black licorice. I do, and I don't like red licorice. <laughs> what? <coughs> what? It tastes uh. like when I think of PVC pipe would probably taste like with strawberry. And yet you like black licorice. Yeah, it's it's completely different experience. It's kind of herbal. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. Do you like Jaeger? No. I do. I, I see. I hate black licorice, but I do like Jaeger. Same. Interesting. My old roommate used to just keep a bottle of Jaeger <laughs> in the in the freezer, and every now and then, when he was going through a tough day, just pull it out of the freezer and take a take a pull. Woof. Just send it. That was my early twenties. See, I, I do not fuck with Jaeger. Uh, we got a super chat here from Kyle. Who said, missed it live yesterday. Congrats on sealing the deal, my dude. Oh. May it only get better from here. Yeah. Thank um, you. So uh, let me ask you guys what you want to do with the wing position. Do you want to separate it into left and right wings, or do you just want to do wingers as like a total group? I prefer to separate in the left and right, and there's more. A guy that does both gets bonus points for doing both because it's hard to do. Fair it's enough. Bonus points because he's doing both. Yep. Exactly. Because so if a guy if a guy is only playing on the one side, and then they're you know he switches over to another side, no, he's not very good. And then you know he goes back to that one side and he's he's dope again. You know we we there are guys like that. We see it all the time. Not everybody can just do everything. So with that knowledge in hand, what are you doing with Miko Rantanen, who played a weird amount of center this year? Oh, uh, he's still a right wing. This year. Okay. <laughs> That's next year's conversation. Hmm. Can Nico okay. Ranton and be a top ten center next year? Is so, next year's it's it's probably tomorrow's spot. That's how <laughs> that's how good the abs were this year. They're like, fuck it, we're just gonna move a winger to center and see if we can turn him into a top ten center. Yeah, imagine imagine the caps doing that shit with Ovi where they're just like, All right, he's in the middle now. Someone like, uh Someone right. during the playoff run, it was a national guy, asked Jared Bednar, he said, if you guys had to move Kale McCarr to wing, how many games do you think it would take for him to become a top winger in the league? He goes, three? <laughs> All right, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I've had people that tweet at me, and they're like, hey, it's great that he does this as a defender, but if you moved him to forward, he could be even better. And I'm like, yeah. Let's definitely make him less valuable by putting him on the wing instead of using that offensive production out of defense. You definitely want an 85-point winger over an 85-point defenseman. Good call. First pairing defenseman. Yeah. Kills me, man. It kills me when people suggest this. All right. So let's – last year we're calling Miko a right wing. Yeah. Top five right wing in the game? Yes. 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 Okay. Just checking. I know, look, I know there was a lot of conversation around Miko last year and how at times you could expect significantly more out of him. Dude, I was like leading that charge. For sure. I wouldn't I would not shut up about it. But at the same time, he's still elite. Do you want to know the most frustrating part about critiquing Miko Rantanen? You said that you're like, he's playing awful. He needs to be contributing more. He needs to step up his play. He needs to be more physical with the puck. And he's at like one and a half points per game. And you're like, well, son of a bitch. Maybe I don't know. 
Well, and then if you go and you look at his fancy stats, he has an elite season offensively and defensively. And you're just like, well, that was the thing with Miko too, is like, you would see him pretty regularly in games, just turn the jets on and make an incredible back check. And you'd be like, Oh, where the hell did that come from? Yeah. And he looks. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, he's finally learning to use his size. See, the thing is, I think he already knew how to use his size, and at times he just decided not to use it this year. Yeah. And and it's a weird spot because on one on one side, look, I do think he's incredible. At his best, I think you can make an argument that he's a top 10 player in the league, let alone at wing. Mm-hmm. Um, but At his absolute best, I would take him over Leon Dreisaitl. And, and the thing is, like, being negative about him is not saying he's not elite. It's saying that despite him being so good, I think there's more to give there. Yeah. This is the conundrum with him is that you watch him play and to the eyes, to the eyes, you're watching him and you're like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Like he does some things, you know, like, what, what, what game was it where he had the – I think it was uh, Edmonton game four where they had just taken the lead. He had just taken the lead uh, uh, on his, on the power play goal, and then he gets he gets to the blue line with the puck, tries to dance a guy, cuts inside, over, gets man. rocked, turns it over, and they score on the other end to tie it. And you're like, bro, just dump it. What are you doing trying to walk guys at the blue line? Like, there are maddening, maddening things about his game. And then he just drops greatness on you. He's the Kucherov conversation. He's Kucherov. He's Evgeny Malkin. He's temperamental. Uh, He could be a little bit of a bitch at times. But he's otherworldly talented when he's when he's locked in and at his best he's absolutely unbelievable he's he's one of the best passing players in the league he has one of the best shots in the league a one-timer a backhand a wrist shot pick one he's a top tier shooter in all of those categories he does everything he's the master of the cute little play he's the master of the easy play he's great at everything and then he's big as fuck to go along with it. It's ridiculous. He should be if he if he was engaged every single like shift of every single game. You know, if he had if he had like a, a, a like a fourth liners mentality, he would be the best player in the world. He would be so physically dominant if he thought he was Peter Forsberg or Yarmir Yager. If he played with the power that he was capable of playing with consistently, he would be the best player in the world. He's that talented. And so it drives you crazy when he falls short of that. But the player he ends up being is still a top five right wing. No doubt about it. No questions asked. Probably, honestly, top three. Like, he's unbelievably special. He's on his way to a Hall of Fame career. He is the real deal. He is unbelievable. And the fact that he's like third or fourth banana on this team at times just goes to show you that this team is just stupid. So when I a minute ago when I said I think he's starting to use his size better, what I mean by that is like when I watch him defensively, 
the way he uses his wingspan now and just the way he uses his stick, his stick is so active. He gets back up. You said he breaks up rushes. He can catch guys from behind, which takes me to my second point here. He may have the sneakiest speed in the NHL. He looks like he can't skate, and then he blows by three guys. Like You actually see guys get caught sometimes like, oh, oh, oh shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, and he's gone. Like, he's got that long stride because yeah. he's so freaking big. That yeah, he takes three like, strides. He just, <laughs> he just gets moving, and, and with as kind of clumsy of a skater as he can be at times, you don't realize that he's moving the way he is. I think Moose is a really apt nickname for him because sometimes his size Perfect. is his undoing. There are moments where he appears uncautious and uncoordinated, but we know that he's so highly skilled that this isn't actually true of him. And sometimes he does look like an actual Moose on skates, but we just know him to be such a highly skilled player that this can be used to his advantage as well. Yep. It's the, it's the gif of the Moose like running through like, Knee high snow. The snowbank. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he yeah. just plows through it. That's <laughs> but like seriously, to your point, Megan. Like people will post that after he scores a, a goal or something like that, and that's honestly at times what he looks like. Where it's just like you're not going to get in front of him. You're not going to stop him. It doesn't matter what's kind of in his way. What's slowing him down? He's going to get to the net and he's going to make a play. Yep. And uh, it, it's it's just crazy to watch him when he's going at 100% to watch someone with all these tools and the size and actually be able to put it together uh, at an elite level. It's 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 unbelievable to watch. Uh, looks like $3 total from Simba here, uh, who says, by the way, love your show, AJ, is evilly good. I don't know what that means exactly. But... I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> evilly good. Uh, uh, okay. Great. Yeah. So let's I love move the Mr. Over. Burns excellent <laughs> gift. That's one of my most used. Yes. Uh, <laughs> moving over to the left wing, how much? How many bonus points does Gabe Landeskog get for being captain? I think he gets bonus points for the leadership, the intangibles, but also he plays both wings and moonlights as a center. Sure. And I, I feel like the moonlighting as a center was a little bit less this year. He does take faceoffs, but actually playing center, eh, how much True. of that does he do? True enough. Um, I think he did it less this year, and that's probably why some of McKinnon's defensive impacts cratered. <laughs> For being had, a winger, he is good on the draw, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, he is, and that's the thing. He's he's kind of good all around at all those things, uh, and he's the perfect complement next to McKinnon. He Anybody. he might have even he might have even shown himself to be more valuable next to McKinnon than Rantanen is, just because of the the intangibles, the dirty work, all that stuff that he does, which is why throwing Nachushkin and Landeskog next to McKinnon produced the kind of results that it did, uh, and and again bonus points for Landeskog for being able to switch sides kind of on a, for sure. yeah on at the drop of a hat where he just. Yeah, like that's uh, – he just does it all for them. Je Jeff Merrick, who uh, I absolutely love. He's great. He's, he's great. His, work, his work's great. He <clears throat> talks a lot about 
uh, Gabe Landeskog. He says all the time that Gabe Landeskog is his favorite player in the NHL. <laughs> yeah. And and he talked about him obviously a lot, uh, you know, with the Stanley Cup final and all that. And he made a point that watching the team every day, I, I didn't really connect these dots in my head. But just as, you know, he, he was saying it as this is how good and how kind of underappreciated Gabe Landeskog is. He was telling, uh, I think it, it was some guest on his show. He said, watch what Jared Bednar does with Gabe Landeskog. Any line that needs a jolt, any line that needs a boost, any line that needs a little bit of help, he sticks Gabe Landeskog on the line. And he mentioned, you know, he, he just kept kind of bringing it up throughout the playoffs. And he mentioned game six, Stanley Cup final. Gabe Landeskog is playing next to Nazem Kadri and Val Nichushkin, both guys who are hurt. And they have a really good game. Like he, Gabe Landeskog, and it's taken me even a long time, maybe even this playoff run, to really appreciate what all Gabe Landeskog does for this team uh, on the ice and off. I mean, like you just, you, 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 here's the way some of these guys talk. You ask him about Gabe Landeskog and, and, and just the way they talk about his leadership and the way he communicates with the team. Uh, Joe Sackick has talked about, I talk, I consult Gabe Landeskog with everything because he has a pulse on this locker room in a way that nobody else does. Gabe Landeskog had a really long road to getting here. Uh, I think he was maybe given some responsibility too early. Uh, some some big responsibility too early in his career, but he's he's grown into it so well that I I don't I don't necessarily know. It's part of for me what makes it hard to rank him because he just kind of gets so many, like you said, bonus points for doing so many not super obvious things. That um, I, I mean, honestly, had had he left last summer in free agency, I don't think the Abs win the cup. And I think you're probably looking at somewhat of a retool here. I think he's that big of a piece. On top of all this other stuff we're talking about, over the last three years, 155 points in 159 games. Puts him puts him right next to guys like Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, Phil Forsberg, guys like that. Guys that you would think of if you said, oh, which guy would you rather start your team with? You might have those guys higher on your list. Uh, because you don't think of, we don't really, because of the offensive talent around, we don't, I think I think Landis Cog's offensive prowess gets overlooked and taken for granted. He's also stepped it up in a huge way over the last few years. His, his production has, has blown up. And, well over a point per game this year. Yeah, and and you see over the last couple, like he had settled most of his career. He was 50, 60 points, and you're good. Since the 16-17 disaster, nails. The guy's been lights out. All the other things about his game, all the, you know, the the willing. He, you want to talk about setting a tone. The guy went out at the start of this year and said, we're not taking any shit from anybody. Fought anybody that tried to push the abs around. Basically went out of his way to try and bury any kind of notion that the avalanche were going to be bullied ever again, that, 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 that was the thing that teams could do to them. And it never worked all year long. Anytime somebody tried to bully the abs, they buried those fuckers. They buried them. And I think that that was because Landis Cox said, we're done. We're done. We're done taking this. We're done being a team with this reputation. 
if it turns out that people turn around and call us dirty, cool. We'll live with that. But we're done having other teams treat us this way. And they did. They they anytime somebody tried to step to them, that was like the whole hope and dreams of the Nashville Predators. Oh, we're gonna go out and we're gonna bully them. We're gonna hit them a lot. We're gonna play really physical. It turns out that didn't do shit. Well, it was the la- it was last year's uh, first round against St. Louis for me, in kind of this light that you're talking about, AJ, where he goes out and beats up Braden Shen in game one, like straight beats him up, like he, he would have gotten in yeah. trouble for that in school, and Braden Shen wouldn't have. You know what I mean? Like, and then yeah. game two on the first shift puts Ryan O'Reilly through the end wall takes the puck and sets up a play to get, get the game started, you know, get a goal on the board, get the building into it. And it was just, it was exactly what you're saying, AJ. Like it was the same thing for the blues last year. Oh, they're going to go out and get physical. The abs might struggle because the blues are going to intimidate him a bit. And Gabe Landeskog was just like, nah, nope. All the way around. So all of this praise for Landy and it's well-deserved. Don't know if he's a top five left wing in the league. Uh, Closer to 10 than 5, but top 10. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and look, competition is stiff there. It is, it's a really strong position. <laughs> Huberto, Gaudreau, Brizov, <coughs> Kachuk. Yeah, and, and like I said, for me, what makes it hard to rank Landy is, is that he does so many of the other things that those players don't, but you can't measure that stuff, so you don't really get to rank it. Well, it's 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 so hard, right? And and this is a conversation that's true of Val Nachushkin as well. Wingers just don't get consideration for things like the Selkie. Yeah, I mean, look how hard it was for Mark Stone to like push his way into that. Yep, he had to be like elite, 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 elite defensively for several years before voters were like, "Well, Mark Stone, Mark Stone, Mark Stone, eh, huh, Mark Stone." Like it was, it was a lot. Like it took a lot, and um, you know, I don't think Nuker Landy will ever quite get there. But their defensive contributions are obviously really, really important on the whole. We've talked about recency to shaping some of this list, and something that places Landeskog at least in this top ten left wing conversation is the longevity of how long he's been doing this and the fact that he drops a career year at 29 so we don't even know what his ceiling is exactly that he could continue doing this for a longer time some of those other names are in a much younger stage of their career it remains to be seen it's kind of a credit to Landis God that this could just continue to get better for him when you do wonder like when the decline hits like how slow is it because if it's a nice slow decline in this contract that he's on ages nicely then the abs are seriously competing for a cup probably the entire time. That whole contract, which a year ago was maybe the one thing that we all were like, uh, when he signed it, it was like eight years, a long time, man. This is just a long time. That's scary. Yeah. Like, because well, we're watching the back end of Eric Johnson on this contract. And like, this is the fear, right? Is that it's not that he can't play anymore. It's just that, He's triple the amount that that what he probably should be making, right? Like that you're looking at it and you're like, oh my god, if I had an extra four million dollars or whatever. So 
uh, it's that's I you that, that's that's the question I think is how is it going to age? But for right now, he's league wide probably underrated. Yeah, I agree. I think that's fair. Um, very quickly, I don't think we'll have anything to say other than TBD goaltending position for the Avs. Georgiev, pretty hard to rank right now. Uh, I wouldn't put him higher than 25. And that's fair. I think I think if you're ranking backups, they have number one or two. <laughs> yeah. So which guy is it? Uh, uh, that's where I got you. They have one and two. <laughs> Do two backups make a starter? I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. We have a whole postseason to figure out. True. Did for Dallas last year until Jake Ottinger showed up. Oh my gosh, Jake Ottinger was so good, dude. <laughs> so he's he's gonna be the one that I'm 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 gonna watch super closely this year because everyone started anointing Carter Hart the next twenty Vesnas after his first year, and he's been shit ever since. Oh, I don't know how fair that is, but okay. No, I mean that that series against Calgary. Jake Ottinger really, really reminded me of prime John Gibson. Mm. And I know Ottinger's a little bit bigger, but. John Gibson like... was so dope. I felt so, I feel so bad for that dude. <laughs> was, bad teams. was so dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> uh, okay, before you I still like, on the... I still like John Gibson. Or do you he not like John Gibson? Best World Juniors that I've ever watched. I was so fun. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about John back. Gibson. I believe you have really cool pads at the, the WJCs too. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what's important. All American goals <laughs> put giant bald eagles for pads. That's it. That's all you got to do. Don't don't stars and stripes played out. Give me bald eagles. I want glitter yeah. in the pads, Ooh. like actual stars. I'm here for right. it. Uh, okay. His stuff was all right. His stuff. Was you need right. that maybe maybe for the Olympics a guy can do that because those goalies make actual money instead of these kids in college and shit who can't afford that. Um, I do want to move into our final thoughts here. Uh, we can start with Megan on any player rankings. Do they even matter? <laughs> no. Does the whole show that we just did matter? They matter to us, but like to the players and the trajectory of their career, it definitely doesn't matter because anything could happen. Anybody can impress us in an unsuspecting way, and injuries are a thing that happens too. That's uh, that's the one great wild card in all of this, right? Eric Carlson went from the best defenseman in the world to to some guy because of an injury at, at any point in time we we had the conversation earlier in the show it's like there could be four hall of famers on this team there are, could also be zero if they get have injury trouble through the rest of their careers like it's just reality i don't know if kill mccarr got into a car accident tomorrow blew out his knee and couldn't play ever again wouldn't you wouldn't at least consider it i don't think he's i don't think you can say he's done enough like maybe he could like he might get in if he like actually dies. Jesus, I'm gonna. Well, this show took an insane turn. 
Well, the NHL has always been a little bit more generous. It, like, this is just reality. I'm sorry. But... I'm kidding. I think we just well, I'm just, show. I'm just saying. Like I mentioned, I mentioned uh, Terrell Davis earlier. Yeah. Like, like you, you could make the argument that, like, the, yeah, the longevity may not have been there, but like the, the, the tip top, right? I mean, anyway, that mark, it that mark, He's fine. That mark for me is Peter Forsberg, and I don't think the car's at that level yet. Yeah, I mean Forsberg and Bure, like those guys did not play a lot of games in the NHL. Yeah. Pablo Bure only played seven hundred games. Like I got in. I grew up as a you know young kid watching Peter Forsberg, and I still, still when I see highlights of him, am like blown away and regain my appreciation for just how good peter forsberg was i think it was his birthday last week or whatever and they the nhl put out that like top 10 i legit go back and watch peter forsberg highlights like every two weeks just to (laughs) just to to feel alive again his uh his retirement video that the abs like his jersey retirement video that was one of my like most watched time yeah Yeah, for a long time that and then adam foots just because i grew up playing defense and adam foots jersey retirement video is a ton of like great defensive plays because he wasn't a huge point producer and so his his retirement video is just great defensive play after great defensive play nice he's just sit at home in the family on the family computer getting all stoked on adam foot defensive play highlights like oh god that's an active stick fuck yeah I mean, wow, look at that gap control. Woo! Oh, man, what a read. Played that two-on-one perfectly. Watch the last shift of his career against the Oilers. Like yeah, the one yeah, where yeah, he yeah. seven penalties. Yeah, where he, get, he gets away with holding and then holding, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, then, and then he knocks that guy's stick like 70 feet into the air. Yeah, yeah. for that. I was in the arena, and I watched that stick fly, and I was like, that thing gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah gone, yeah. Well, and it was just because I remember being in the arena and everyone was cheering and kind of looking at the clock and everyone knew, like, damn, yeah, this man. is it. This is it. And good on the refs. Like, <laughs> he should have been Between the two worst teams in the NHL. Right, right. Who gives a shit? I saw Oilers right. fans who were actually upset about it. And it was like, who gives a shit about this, right, dude? Right. They had already secured fired. draft position. Like the the Oilers had already secured the top pick, the Abs had already secured the second pick. Like it was fine. What's the like? What's the problem here? Just let them go, and they did, and it was great. And then the Abs won that game in overtime, which was also fun. And then the Abs drafted Landy, which was also fun. <laughs> which brings us full circle. Here we are. Uh, we good? Anyone else want to touch on anything? No, no, no. All right. I would say a big year from Nachushkin puts him in the conversation for the top 15 winger rankings uh, in a year. Right around 15, yeah, sure. I am really curious what kind of year Terry Lekkinen has and Bowen Byram has to push themselves into these conversations next year. I would love to see Sam Gerard get back into top 20, kind of. Yeah, the top 20 instead of being like top 40, being yeah. like, eh, top 20, top, top 30. A lot of interesting stuff to come next season, which is, you know, only like two months away, incredibly. Uh, It comes at you fast. Uh, 
we're going to get out of here for the day, though. We appreciate all y'all hanging out. I'm sure you're mad about something, so you can tweet our rankings, your rankings, rather, at us, dnbr underscore avalanche, and tell us how wrong we are. Uh, go in there. Let us know. We're out of here for Leave the day. Leave that comment. <laughs> we will be back tomorrow. I don't know. Are we doing Q&A tomorrow or, like, Thursday or Friday? I don't know. We'll see. We'll do a Q&A sometime this Officially week. Officially so. off-season. Yeah, you know, we'll see. Just, Have your questions ready. Listen, and we'll talk about something. <laughs> and we'll talk to you later.